So if we take it to the terrain of fear, uh, it's like you are projecting fear onto the situation based on your past experience, conscious and subconscious things, your cultural context. And it is a neurological process that once you understand it, you can say, wait a second, it does not have to be that way if I do not want it to be that reality. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon Podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Nagy. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My guest today is Stephen J. Posner, who is an entrepreneur, advisor, investor, biohacker, and father. For the past two years, Stephen has been embarked on a comprehensive investigation into the most effective ways to optimize human performance by unleashing innate neurological and physiological functions. Steven's passion is to enable leaders to increase their professional and personal impact through highly effective methods and techniques that boost performance in all aspects of life. He is currently involved as a founding partner in a groundbreaking venture focused on unleashing human potential in high-impact leaders. Until March of 2018, Steven was co-founder and chief business officer of Future Lighthouse, a pioneering virtual reality storytelling studio with more than 40 festival recognitions and awards. Prior to Future Lighthouse, Stephen was founding and managing partner at Watka Capital, which specialized in creating, financing, and commercializing cross-platform kids' entertainment brands. Over the past few years, Stephen was also producer of Brain Matters, a groundbreaking documentary on the critical nature of the early years in helping kids thrive. Stephen is a native of Colombia, has a BA in European History from Brown University, and attended Citicorp's Institute for Global Finance. Stephen is a proud father of two young boys, a certified Wim Hof instructor and avid photographer and adventurer. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Stephen's personal story and entrepreneurial journey, and he also shares how he decided to climb Kilimanjaro in 48 hours and half naked. In the middle of this episode, we dive deeper into the neuroscience of fear, we talk about the current situation with the coronavirus and how people can shift their perspectives around it and develop a much more positive mindset. Closer to the end, Steven shares his exciting experiences and biggest mindset learnings from climbing Kilimanjaro. In the end, Steve recommends an amazing book and further resources to the listeners that can help overcome fear and anxiety and cultivate a stronger mindset. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Stephen J. Posner to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, 
Let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Stephen, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me back again. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's really great that you um, you are. Um, we had this conversation about the you know uh, Brain Matters documentary, and Carlotta was here, so that was really a great experience for me. And um, yeah, so you're the producer of Brain Matters, but you have done many other things. So I want to start this conversation with. Uh, giving you the chance to introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, what have you been up to and uh, what do you actually do? Perfect. Well, well, again, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, basically, it, uh, I've been a entrepreneur, an investor, an advisor, strategist uh, in a lot of different, different ways. Uh, you know, I've set up a bunch of different companies, animation company, a virtual reality company, interactive phone services company, you know, I've been a brand and marketing strategist to Fortune 500 companies when I worked for a consulting company called Profit. Uh, so I've wow. done a lot of a lot of different things, and then I always have these like little side projects, like brain matters and other things to kind of uh, do do things that that help contribute. Um, yeah, I think the most significant uh, part, which could be interesting as a setup, is basically I was one of the founders of a virtual reality studio in Madrid, uh, 2015 2016. And it was focused on on storytelling, sort of VR storytelling. And we probably became one of the top five, top 10 uh, VR storytelling studios. I mean, the industry was pretty small and nascent, but we wow. were very forward-looking uh, in terms of the types of technologies and the types of stories that we would tell. And, you know, we had a lot of firsts, like we did the first VR episode, TV episode linked to a TV broadcast show uh, for a show here in Spain that when people saw it in the States, they were just blown away wondering how we had actually done this. We had you know, constructed our own equipment, our own cameras. Uh, wow. We did this branded experience for Beef Eater Gin here in Spain with a celebrity chef called David Munoz that ended up being selected for the Tribeca X Awards for branded content. And it was the first time a VR piece had been selected. Uh, we didn't win. There's you know, some amazing pieces that were much more social cause than the surrealism of the chef. But basically, we did a lot of a lot of firsts, um, and we found ourselves uh, maybe a little bit out of cycle uh, in terms of funding. So when we went out to raise our Series A, uh, the industry was still trying to figure itself out and try to figure out what the monetization models and a lot of the the VR. Uh, funds that were investing in a lot of studios loved everything that we did, but they said, you know, we've all placed our bets. So we started to scramble like crazy, finishing, delivering. We were in this production where I brought over uh, Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger, uh, for two horror um, episodes that we filmed with a, with a French Hollywood director called Alex Aja. And again, this was, you know, firsts in, in, in VR in terms of the type of production. Wow. And what happened is we knew the, the funding was not going to come through. There were, we searched all over the place. And, um, and basically, at one point, I was very, very stressed out. And, uh, and I said, you know, I need to take a break uh, for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. I need to get some oxygen. And mm -hmm. I had started practicing the Wim Hof method um, back in 2015 or so. And I decided to go on this winter experience to Poland. Uh, right. That was just absolutely mind blowing. And there was this one particular moment where, you know, we were standing in shorts at the top of Mount Snieska. Uh, it was minus 25 degrees Celsius, minus 30 with the wind chill. And I felt oh warm. 
And I said, how can this be? I mean, how can I be? We've been walking in shorts uh, for about three hours and I'm, I feel warm. And I, that led to a lot of very profound realizations. Uh, one of them was obviously there is a physical reality. It's very good. It's cold outside. You put a thermometer and you see it. But uh, cold is also an idea. Uh, so your brain processes information from your thermal sensors or sort of thermal receptors on the, on the skin that operate like thermal sensors um, and, you know, brings out a, a, a cold response. And what we have trained ourselves to do is override that uh, and not be bogged down uh, and shocked by the cold, but actually be in a, in a state of, of, of bliss. I mean, there's a part of it that when you start to get a little bit hyperthermic, your head goes a little bit nutty, but we were in full control and it was just amazing. So that led to a bunch of questions about, you know, the, 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 the power that the mind has to, to define the reality that you experienced. So I came back from that trip, wow. very inspired, uh, realizing, wait a second, this company, yes, it's a failure because we're going to have to shut it down. But failure is also a concept. Uh, can I turn this wind down into success? And, you know, I've had businesses that have worked and businesses that haven't. And I have to say that I got so much more out of winding down this business with a success mindset mm -hmm. than the sadness and the trauma and the hurt and the loss of having a business that fails that you've poured your entire heart and mind and resources into. Uh, so what I decided, you know, once we wound down the company is, uh, I was going to turn 50 in 2018 and, and this was 2000, the end of 2017 when we shut down the company. So I said, you know what, once we, once I sort of clean, sort of land the, the, the aircraft, I want to take a quasi sabbatical. Um, and I want to sort of stop doing and start focusing on being a little bit and dive deep into some of these things that I've started to discover. So I created this plan for myself of doing a software and a hardware upgrade of mind, body, and soul for the next 50 years of life. Because coming out of the Wim Hof experience, I'm like, well, turning 50 is also an idea. I can have mm -hmm. whatever it is. I can have this be a midlife crisis or I can have this be a rebirth. Uh, I can decide to have the body of a of a um, middle-aged man, or I can try to, you know, regain uh, and have even better fitness than what I had in my 30s. So I very systematically uh, started to look at, at fitness, at nutrition, at mindset, um, at uh, even exploring new areas of, of spirituality that I always liked meditation, but I never considered myself a highly spiritual person. And I said, I, because of that, I want to go into that. I want to lean in and I want to learn. And basically... Yeah. It ended up being the most amazing learning journey, uh, and I had set up a sort of graduation test uh, for myself and uh, with, with a group of Wim Hof buddies, and we decided that we're going to try to summit Kilimanjaro in less than 48 hours in shorts. Uh, and <laughs> as Wim Hof practitioners, we know we're trained in the cold, yeah. but the challenge there was really altitude mountain sickness. Uh, you know, this is if you go yeah. too fast and you yeah. do not give the body enough time to acclimatize, you, um, you know, you, you can get into trouble. I mean, fortunately, if you go down, you improve the situation, but you can get into pulmonary edemas and you can get into, into dangerous situations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we dive deeper into Kilimanjaro, because it's a really, really, really great experience and story and people can learn a lot from that. Like I was... Um, 
you know, I heard I've heard about the the Wim Hof method, but I haven't dove deeper into that realm, so to speak. So, would you talk to us a little bit more about that? Like, what what are some of the core principles of that method? How were you trained? Okay, well, if if it's okay, let me just wrap up uh, quickly, sort of the history to where am I now and what and what I'm doing, and then I'll, and then I'll go back to Wim Hof. So basically. Um, you know, successfully graduated from uh, from my own personal, uh, you know, project. Uh, we did it in 50 hours instead of 48, and we can get into that a little bit later due to, due to bad weather. Um, yeah. But basically coming back from that and continuing this quasi-sabbatical while producing Brain Matters and a couple other things, um, I started to say, you know, this diversion that I've taken into rebuilding myself from the inside out, I actually want to start to turn it into uh, a professional opportunity. And I came across uh, a cousin of mine that I hadn't seen in 30 years, uh, Jeffrey Perlman, uh, who was the CMO for Zumba uh, and, you know, now very involved with with Mind Valley. And we started to work together in in doing hyper-growth strategy for companies, uh, taking very different approaches to brand and a lot of the techniques about personal leadership and breaking through mental barriers. Uh, unfortunately, mm. we've had to put that entire business on hold uh, because of the coronavirus. So there's, I'm living uncertainty right now in terms of what comes after, but taking this opportunity to really dive even deeper in, uh, in how to bring all these tools and all these techniques to really enhance uh, personal performance and personal leadership. So anyways, wow. I'm right now in the process of, 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 of really building a new vision and a new direction based on past experience. And hopefully, you know, when this is over, Jeffrey and I reconnect and build a business or if not uh, collaborate and I continue down a path that I think has tremendous value and impact for, for people and business. So anyway, wow. that, that's, that's where I'm at right now. That's, that's amazing. Uh, and it's called lucid rock, right? So yeah. I've seen it on your yeah, it's LinkedIn rock. page and people can, yeah. yeah. But we even, we, we stopped the website cause we said, let's not even launch this, uh, because you know, we don't know if, if, uh, if, uh, this is gonna be viable. So let's just hold and let's see what, what happens in the world. Cause it's very workshop based, uh, and very mm. intense, uh, experientially based apart from sort of intellectual and, and, and rational thinking. Wow. Sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. It's very cool. So the Wim Hof method, uh, you know, he's become a lot, Wim has become a lot more popular, uh, and over the past couple of years, and he's known as the Iceman. Uh, yeah. Such yeah. Guy, uh, with about 22, 23 different, uh, you know, Guinness world records doing crazy, crazy cold stuff from, you know, being up at Everest at 7,500 meters in shorts, uh, being, you know, in ice up to his neck. What is particularly interesting to me, uh, and then I'll get into the method, is that he was um, injected with E. coli, uh, with a sort of dead variant of the bacteria, and he was able to neutralize the impact of the bacteria in his body, uh, which oh, wow. really shocked scientists. And then they said, wow. but you're the super dude. So he then said, no, let me take 12 people, let me train them, uh, and we'll have a control group and we'll run the tests. And they did the the same thing. And there was a very marked difference between the people that got a week of training in the method that I'll explain in the second and those that didn't. Um, And basically, uh, to me, that was very surprising of how you could really help bulletproof your immune system through these these techniques that are freely available because it's just a matter about learning it. So there's basically three pillars to Wim Hof uh, method. Uh, one is deep breath work. 
Um, and it's a type of hyperventilation within hypoxic retentions um, that does basically alters the chemistry in your body from changing your pH uh, to changing, you know, in, you know, pain response uh, and even immune attenuating the, the immune system. There is the cold exposure, which can be as simple as cold showers every day to ice baths or then, you know, more sort of exposure in, in nature, the, as I mentioned in the, in the Snieska and then, uh, and then in Kilimanjaro. And then what mm -hmm. brings it together, which is mindset uh, and really starting to understand how your mind uh, operates uh, and especially in terms of fear, because people are scared of the cold. People see an ice bath and they're saying, there is no way I'm going to go in there. You know, that can yeah, kill me. Yeah. Um, so it's a method that playing with these uh, three pillars is sort of a very integrated approach that gives you a lot of sense of agency and control and stress management and fear control and uh, and a lot of very deep, uh, you know, sort of deep soul work because I really do feel that breath work is the new meditation. I mean, it just takes you to states of relaxation physiologically uh, that, uh, that are amazing. Mm. That's a, mm. a summary version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So that breathing method is, is it similar to like, or what do you, what do you exactly do there? Like, do you focus on your breathing and it's like a, you know, mindfulness meditation similar to that or? So it's, it's more intense, uh, more intense. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, it's very, very deep breathing, which you do have in mindfulness and a lot of other practices. So it's like, you really feel your belly with, with air. Mm -hmm. So you're, you know, creating that Buddha belly and, and, and envision mm -hmm. you're filling in the belly, filling in the chest, and then you release. Mm -hmm. So you don't mm -hmm. push the air out. You just let it go. And then what you do, you do this about 30, 40 times, and then you, you take a big breath in. You let it all out and you just hold mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you just hold and they just, you get into this, you know, very, very peaceful state very quickly, even just doing five or 10 breaths. I'm not sure if you already feel a little bit of activation inside your body. Yeah. 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 I feel, I do feel. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a, the power of breath work is just amazing. So, you know, if yeah. we did an entire 30 or 40 <laughs> rounds of this, you would definitely, you definitely notice it. Uh, so you do, you do yeah. three or four of these 30 or 40, it's about 15, 20, 25 minutes. Um, and it also, sh you know, really shuts down your prefrontal cortex and activates part of the brain that are associated with more spiritual and relaxation experiences. And what's mm -hmm. really important wow. for me as a takeaway from this method um, that we can get into a little bit more, I'll just touch on it lightly and then let you sort of guide is that ultimately um, we have a fear response in the body uh, and we have a nervous system that reacts to fear because fear has been one of the most important survival strategies over thousands and thousands and thousands and even millions of years. So if you were out in the bush and when you would hear a rustling behind a bush, you would want to trigger the, the adrenaline, the spike in glucose, the cut the digestion, you know, that fight or flight response uh, because you don't know if that's a tiger or if that's a, a squirrel. And that needs to happen really fast uh, before you can actually look and figure out what's there. So that fear response 
uh, is has saved us from a lot of things. What happens mm-hmm. is you fast forward to you know modern day times, and that operating system uh, is still there. It still operates. That's why you know we get stressed so easily and so much by so many different things. Except we are not really facing. Uh, as many life-threatening conditions. You know, we'll talk about coronavirus a, l- a little bit later on. So what happens is that you've got the system, which is the, the autonomic nervous system, uh, the, the sympathetic, was, which is the fight or flight, and it triggers all of that increase of heart rate, faster, shallower breathing, glucose for more energy. And then you have the parasympathetic, which is the rest and recovery. Uh, you know, in our training, they kind of talk about it sometimes as the inside the cave when you're protected and the outside of the cave, going back to our Neanderthal days. So what happens yeah. is this is, it's called autonomic because it's an automatic process. If I tell you shoot up your adrenaline or increase your heart rate, it's very hard for you to do that consciously. But there is one thing that you can take control of, uh, which is regulated by the system, which is breath. Because when you're not thinking about it, you're breathing. When you're sleeping, you're breathing. But if you suddenly decide to take control of the breath, um, breath is something that can steer you over into the parasympathetic, the rest and recovery. So what mm-hmm. happens yeah. is what you learn through the Wim Hof method or you know, any type of, of, of method that works on, on, on using breath is that you are taking control of your response, of the fear response, and you're literally turning the steering wheel and you're driving into... The, the, the rest and recovery mode. Um, and that mm-hmm. becomes a very powerful tool in a lot of different, uh, in a lot of different situations. Wow. It's really exciting. Uh, first of all, the science behind fear. And second of all, you know, how breathing like such a simple practice can uh, do so much difference. And uh, you use the method, I assume uh, we are going to talk about the experience on Kilimanjaro. But if we now... If we are talking about fear, so we could maybe dive a little bit deeper into the current situation with the coronavirus because a lot of people are um, anxious or maybe in this fearful state because of the situation. Uh, It might be different reasons, you know, uh, possibility of losing a job or uh, not being sure what's going to happen. So they uh, might be constantly worrying about something, which is actually sometimes is the case in normal life. We use our imagination not for uh, thinking about some kind of a positive experience that we want to have, but we worry about stuff, what could go wrong in the future. And we are triggering these fear responses that you talked about. And so would you dive a little bit deeper into the current situation on the you know, level of fear and what can we do to move beyond fear? I mean, first of all, clearly this is a very, very serious uh, and very dangerous situation not to be taken lightly. Uh, nobody knows, you know, how strong their immune system is uh, until, you know, you get afflicted uh, afflicted by this. Obviously, there's higher risk, uh, risk parameters in, in elderly people or people that have underlying conditions. Um, yeah. but, but you don't know. So there's a lot of this uncertainty and it is, I don't want to play down the risk that, that exists with the coronavirus. Um but the other thing that, that that happens is that it's very easy to be obsessed with the 2% that die and maybe even mm-hmm. 4% that die. I mean, who knows what the final numbers will actually come out. And the 98% or the 96% uh, that, that will recover uh, if, if infected by this. So it's, uh, and again, what happens is, as I mentioned before, we are wired to be fearful. 
I mean, that is our innate survival response. Uh, and if it wasn't for that, uh, we probably wouldn't be around as a species. And, you know, every single creature that has a brain and a nervous system, you see it. I mean, that's why animals run away <laughs> from you uh, and why animals <laughs> yeah. might attack you. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's what's constructed. Um, so what happens now in the context of, of the coronavirus, uh, I think to me is like you have to acknowledge that there is this very pervasive fear around. Uh, but, um, that you do not have to succumb to it depending on if, if, if you can, and if you want to try to take control of, of your mindset and things yeah. that I find that are helpful, uh, you know, first of all, realizing that this is just your neurology and your physiology at work. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I launch a 12-week group coaching program every single month with four people where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility and scale your online presence and business. In order for you to see that podcasting is something that you want to start, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call or simply shoot me an email at tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R tibor at mindsethorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. So if you can take a step back and say, look, this is just my body and my mind reacting to the information that is coming, that starts to open the door for you to take a little bit of, of, of more agency in, in the situation. So taking perspective uh, is, is, is one, for me, one very important step. Uh, the second important step is pay attention to where you're putting your attention during the day. Because if you are waking up, turning on the mobile phone, looking at what the latest death stats are and contamination stats and jumping straight into the news and, mm -hmm. and, and, and going into this, 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 you know, fear bubble that, that is created that happens to sell uh, a, a lot of news and a lot of page views. Uh, and you're spending the day on all of these WhatsApp groups that people are between sending funny things to then telling horrible stories. You realize that, that you're getting sucked into this, this, this fear bubble without maybe realizing it. So mm. the first step is just acknowledging that, hey, obviously the situation is real. But take a step back and realizing you are responding to it the way you should respond because that's the way the brain uh, and the body work. But you don't have yeah. to stay there. So some of the steps that, that at least I've started to take is one is take a, the, taking that step back and, and saying, wait, 
mm, I'm not going to be part of the the two percent. I'm going to die group. I'm also going to limit the uh, the amount of information that I'm reading about this. Worry about the things that sort of are, are elements of protection uh, on a personal, on a family and friend level. But I'm not going to get obsessed with you know what was the latest uh, press conference where President Trump said some crazy thing or where some other politician you decided to do, to do this or that. It just not get sucked into the drama and then yeah. uh, build uh, your own practice around maintaining that state of mind of this is actually a great opportunity uh, to stop, to reflect, mm. uh, to reevaluate a lot of things that have been source of tremendous stress in your life. I mean, three months, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you might've been really stressed by some presentation meeting deal that you were closing. Does that matter as much anymore? It's suddenly gone. So this is a, a tremendous opportunity to, to reevaluate a lot of things, um, mm. as well as um, start to pay attention to the things that you have not been paying attention to. Uh, I'm yeah. locked down with my kids, and suddenly I'm spending a lot more time with my kids, and that's actually a wonderful thing. Uh, since I have limited work time, I've been pushing myself to, to, to increase my focus skills. So I've started uh, the, uh, doing this Gym Quick course on focus and implementing new time management techniques because I don't have a full workday to do my work. I maybe have two or three hours. Focus on partization. So rather than, than taking the situation as a situation that has just screwed up everything that, that, uh, that wasn't your perfect life, it's like, wait a second, there is something to learn here that actually could be incredibly, incredibly enriching. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. That's, that's really great. And I also was thinking about this, like, I want to focus on the things that I can control. So when it comes to news, for example, I am very much focusing on the local news so that I know what's happening in my country, you know, instead of uh, exposing myself too much to international news. And also, like, asking myself, how can I be of service to people? Like, we are doing this episode now. We, you know, talk about uh, fear response, which is, which is um, something that people can learn more about. And I think it's already helpful if they just know this piece of information that, oh, yeah, what's happening in my mind is that the fear response kicks in. It's a, it's a biological thing. It's an, and I can control it uh, through mindset and changing perspectives, as, as you said. So that's, that's already really helpful, I think, for, for listeners. And it's, it's true in general in life. Um, as I mentioned, that we sometimes get into this fear response, right? And we are not, we might not be aware of the situation that we get into this survival mode. And sometimes we cannot even think in that situation because we are paralyzed, right? So the thinking brain uh, is basically, it, it shuts down, right? Yeah, that's, that's why it's called, uh, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, there's yeah. under certain, you see it more in animals, but it happens in humans. Uh, you know, it's the deer in the headlights. It's like, oh my God, there's danger. Stop. Stay still. Yeah. Maybe I won't get eaten if I don't move. But, you know, one thing that I wanted to, to add here, because, uh, you know, I'm always fascinated by um, the, the, what is available in science around all of these things. And there's one mm -hmm. book that, uh, that I've been reading, and I've been taking a really slow approach to reading it because it's it's uh, it's it, to me it's very mind blowing. Which is a book by a 
um, neuroscientist psychologist called Lisa Feldman Barrett. Uh, and it's a book uh, that's called How Emotions Are Made, The Secret Life of the Brain. And wow. this is a scientist, a uh, neuroscientist, uh, going into how the body creates emotions. And essentially, this book is touted as, as revolutionary as relativism over Newtonian physics in the field of emotional study. And in the field of spirituality, you know, you've always had a bunch of gurus and people saying, you know, we create our own reality and it's kind of hard to connect. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. No, no, I, I did not create coronavirus. Um in this book, uh, you go, she goes deep into the neuroscience of how we create reality. Uh, mm, wow. Basically, she says emotions are not things that are reactions that, it's, that are in our body uh, to a situation. It's actually the brain is constantly running thousands and thousands of predictions and simulations based on sensorial input and information. And mm -hmm. then comes up with one final theory that says, okay, let's activate this plan. So if you're walking down a path and there's a stick in the path, your your brain, and this is also subconscious, and suddenly there's a stick that says, oh, shit, that stick could be a snake. It's like, yeah, let's protect. Boom. That goes to the conscious <laughs> level. And then what you're doing is you're actually projecting fear onto the situation mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. reacting with fear. Now, it happens in milliseconds. But to understand how mind-blowing this is, is that she talks about, uh, you know, she says, when you look at a rainbow, uh, a rainbow has roughly, you know, six or seven bands of color. Uh, now, if you look at a rainbow in black and white, it's a color spectrum. You see darker and lighter, you do not see seven bands of color. What happens yeah. is your brain has a concept of what red is. And mm. then it clusters everything that is close enough to red and different than the others to create a band of color. So that band of color that you see in the rainbow is not real. It's, it's wow. inside your brain. Uh, you know, Vishen, wow. the CEO of Mind Valley, has talked in different chats about the Himba tribe in Namibia that can't see the color blue because uh, there isn't a word in their language. Uh, but mm. eight words for the color green and scientists went to test this and they would have these 14 squares, 13 green, one blue. They could not distinguish the blue. Uh, now you would not be able to distinguish the differences be between the other 13 greens, but they can. Yeah. So, wow. so she starts with that. If color, which is as objective a reality, that most of people would agree with, uh, it's actually a cultural construct, and it is actually created in your brain based on you being taught that red is red from the time that you were very little. Yeah, yeah. But if you were an Eskimo, you would see thousand shades of white and gray and snow, but you would have a tougher time distinguishing between, you know, a a blue and an aqua potentially because these colors are not mm. in, your, in your environment. And it is the same exact thing that happens with emotions. You are wow. projecting emotions onto situations based on past experience. Uh, I mean, we, and then I'll finish with this because I could go on for hours on this and then I'll link it back to why this is so important, um, is, is there are, and she shows this in the book, there are 10 times more connections between different parts of the brain and your visual cortex than there are from your retina to your visual cortex. So there's mm -hmm. 10 times more information being processed of visual memory than actual visual input. 
to create everything that you're seeing. So mm. sight is a reconstruction uh, by the brain that's done so quickly that you see it as reality, but it's actually your brain interpreting it and seeing and seeing it very quickly. So if we take it to the terrain of fear, uh, it's like you are projecting fear onto the situation based on your past experience, conscious and subconscious things, your cultural context, and it is a neurological process that once you understand it, you can say, wait a second, it does not have to be that way if I do not want it to be that reality. Because wow. the brain actually does not distinguish between something that is real or not real. That's why entertainment works. That's why we get sucked into action movies and why we can cry at love stories but the brain yeah. you know, doesn't really know that the person that died of cancer after all of this struggle is just an actor that didn't really, you know it logically, but emotionally. So, so the brain doesn't distinguish that difference. And that, though, that understanding of that is so incredibly powerful in dealing with the types of situations that, that, uh, that we're currently facing. Wow, that's so fascinating and incredible, right? So basically, it's a construct or the reality Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 amazing. So, you know, I listen to Deepak Chopra and he talks about similar things like, you know, a color is just an experience that we have. Yeah, so I, I'm diving deeper there as well. <laughs> like I'm interested in that topic. It's it's really fascinating. I haven't read this book that you recommended. I'm definitely gonna check out. And um I wanted to go deeper into Kilimanjaro because um, so we talked about the brain and I was like, maybe you had some experiences there that you want to share connected to mindset. And, you know, you, you, um, had this experience before you reached the summit, uh, you were writing. So, you know, you realized that, uh, something happened there, right. And exactly. You realized, you realized the higher power, so to speak. So, so let's, let's dive deeper there. So. So just to, to set up, basically, uh, myself and, uh, and a couple other Wim Hof instructors uh, decided that we wanted to challenge ourselves to do this, this summit of Kilimanjaro in less than 48 hours. Uh, mm. We knew, uh, based on three attempt, you know, three um, expeditions that Wim had done, that, it, that you know, it's totally viable and totally possible, um, that wow. the breath work... Uh, was very important because essentially what happens is when you're at high altitude, you just have less oxygen. And oxygen is what you need at a cellular level uh, to create energy. I mean, the oxygen molecules are synthesized by the mitochondria, which is the energy cell of the, the, the energy factory of the cell, and it, and it creates a molecule of ATP. So uh, if you have less oxygen, Uh, you you struggle for a lot of bodily functions. And if it's extreme, it's death. Now, as a parallel, and again, I do not want to claim that coronavirus, uh, that Wim Hof Method can help you with coronavirus, but uh, coronavirus is a respiratory disease at the end. I mean, the virus mm -hmm. affects your lungs, which affects the level of oxygen, which then destroys a lot of the you know, a lot of a lot of the function of, of cells. And that's why people yeah. people are dying. So um, we knew that, the, that, that, the, that keeping high levels of oxygen were going to be very important because we are not going to give the body enough time to get used to the altitude. Uh, we also did a lot of training beforehand, um, mm -hmm. a very different type of method called Butieco, uh, which is a, a oxygen restriction method that is used for you know, a lot of different applications, including high-performance sports uh, and actually altitude training. 
And they're sort of the opposite of the Wim Hof method where you're building up oxygen. With Pieco, you're actually reducing the oxygen intake to increase CO2. Uh, And the reason why that's relevant is it's the amount of CO2 in your system that tells the body to breathe. So by tolerating mm, higher levels of CO2, you actually force the body to create more uh, red blood cells to carry oxygen, and you become much more efficient at the delivery of oxygen at a cellular level. So basically, from a breathwork approach, apart from you know the physical training, uh, we wanted to make sure that we were highly optimized, uh, be able to power up on oxygen on the mountain when we need it with the Wim Hof method, but train for the mountain through through much higher efficiency in 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 in, in oxygen assimilation in the body. Wow. wow. uh, Basically, the the, the route that we took uh, was about, you know, 36 kilometers up, uh, more than 4,000 meters of elevation change. Uh, Generally takes, uh, you know, three to five uh, days to get there. um, And then, you know, two days to, to come down. And so we wanted to get to the summit in basically 48 hours. Um, wow. <laughs> and we wanted to make sure that we were doing constant deep breathing. So we had oximeters. So we'd be measuring our oxygen saturation. And when you start to get at the, at the higher altitudes, you know, you, you notice how quickly it drops. Uh, we only slept one night and we probably slept about four hours. Uh, mm. I'd wake up every two hours to do breathing. I put on the oximeter and, you know, the oxygen saturation was at 60%. I mean, that would take you to the hospital. We do two to three minutes of breathing and suddenly bring it back up to 95, 96, 97. Wow. So, uh, so it was amazing to be able to regulate the state of the body through the breath work. Uh, and we all had this, this, this goal in mind. And it was, it was tough. Uh, and again, I could talk about a lot of things, but I think the point that you were getting to, which was to me one of the most amazing experiences, uh, when, we, when you get to Gilman's Point uh, in the route that we were doing, that's, the, that's when you get to the crater of Kilimanjaro because it's, it's an old giant volcano. And there you're yeah. about almost 5,700 meters. And the last bit to get there, the area called Jamaica Rocks, is brutal. Uh, it's not technical, mm. but it's like doing boot camp at 5,500 meters. I mean, it's it's steep, it's rocky, and you have to take very big steps. Uh, mm. Once we were at at at, uh, at at Gilman's Point, you know, I realized that I could only walk at 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 a, at a very slow pace and a lot of focused breathing. So it was kind of like step. Step. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I really felt the added, the altitude there. If I would drink water from my camel pack, uh, mm-hmm. once I finished, I'd be winded. I would have to just wait for a minute before being able to start again. If I did 20 or 30 power breaths, just <laughs> to build up the oxygen, I could then drink my water and then continue, but at this rate. And after wow. About an hour and a half of just this pace, I was like, you know, I, I see the summit. I see the sign. It's probably 150 meters away. I've been hitting a physiological wall. Uh, and it's like, I want to go faster. And I would try it. I couldn't. And suddenly I just kind of stopped. And I said, look, enough of this shit. And I started reciting in my mind and in the, in the, to myself, what are the things that I want to leave on this mountain? And what are the things that I want to take off this mountain? Uh, almost as affirmations. And that breathing really heavily into, into this. Uh, so it's like, no fear, failure. You know, accomplish what I want. Like a bunch of different different things. 
And suddenly, mm. out of nowhere, I got this boost of energy and wow. just started cranking. I just like boom, 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 boom. We got to the summit. Uh, yeah, we're bare chested. It was minus 12 degrees, but it was sunny, so it felt like we were on the beach. I mean, we ended up singing and dancing <laughs> on top of Kilimanjaro <laughs> uh, and jumping off the sign. And it, it, since our group got there a little bit faster than another group, we ended up hanging out at the summit for maybe 45 minutes to an hour, which you should just stay there about 15 minutes. And it was just freaking awesome. And I, I was like, oh my God, what happened? How is it possible mm-hmm. that I was running into a physiological wall for an hour and a half, consciously trying to shift it. But then I just like went into this mode and, you know, out of nowhere, I know it was a shot of adrenaline or I have no idea what it was, but suddenly it was like, oh my God, once again, the power of the mind to shift your reality, because my reality was I cannot walk faster than this rate or else I need to stop for a minute and have been experiencing it for an hour and a half. Mm. And in a millisecond, it was gone. So it was just yeah. amazing, 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 you know, sort of almost ecstatic flow state uh, that I was like, wow, I've never experienced anything like that. And it was just like, oh, my God, there is so much more. And that, that, that more than explaining anything, it's raised a lot of questions and opened a little fish and saying, okay, how do you tap that? How do you create that? How do you consciously mm-hmm. uh, use that? Uh, and obviously, Kotler has its Flow Institute, and there's been a lot of research done around this stuff. But again, this is the power of the mind uh, over the context. Yeah, yeah. And and Flow is, is, I mean, this is such an incredible story, and I really enjoy listening to this. And, um, you know, you mentioned Flow, and I... As I as I was going through your article and as I'm listening to you right now, so I'm guessing that at that moment you had some kind of a goal and and a focus on the goal because I don't know. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's just my um, you know assumption that you might have been wondering if you can go further or maybe faster or something like that. So you might have been worried about that thing and then when you started to focus on the goal somehow your mindset shifted um there might have been some kind of a neurochemical response as well i don't know but uh what do you think like as you reflect on this like what are some of your you know i think that that makes a lot of sense uh what mm-hmm. appeared to me is that thought change physiology mm. uh yeah period yeah uh, there was a change in my mindset that altered the 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 my my body's physiology to be able to accomplish something. Now, what is what does you know what does happen is obviously as you're doing anything challenging, and when you see the goal in sight, uh, you know I've never done a marathon, but I can imagine you know the last kilometer of a marathon must be amazing once you see the finish line. It's like when you see the end in sight, uh, you get energized. Mm. So seeing the sign and seeing it so close and it being a beautiful day, obviously it was like, oh my God, there it is. Like that just gives a boost of excitement. But it's yeah. as if that was the first time I had seen the sign, the sign was there. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, again, I still don't fully understand it, but I do think that, that, that there was, I was able to sharpen the focus build an energy charge inside of my body that had a chemical response and enabled me to do something that, 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 that just, it was like wave. It just took me. I mean, I started doing wow. affirmations and then it's as if boom, 
as if I was catapulted. And the people, the guys that were around me were like, what the hell happened to Steven? <laughs> it's like if he did like three lines of Coke and so he's like, oh, let's go. Come on. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's really great. Uh, congratulations on that, first of all. Uh, that's, that's like an incredible, you know, um, you know result. Uh, half naked so we we maybe haven't mentioned that or you mentioned of course in the beginning but that's just incredible right yeah and and the thing is what's important is i i'm not a mountain goat i mean it's not as if i dedicate myself to adventure sports and adventure activities i mean kilimanjaro mm. is far the biggest mountain that i've ever i've ever summited and I've done a lot of hiking and probably the highest I had been was maybe 4,000, 4,500 on a trek once, um, in 2005. So, you know, this is, this is something that, 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 that almost anybody with a, enough sort of base level of fitness can do. So yeah. it's, it's, it really is to me, which is part of like my passion going forward is that I just think we have all of these innate capabilities, um, in, inside of us that are just dormant because they're not practiced, uh, because we haven't been trained in those methods. And one of the things that I'm, you know, really going deep into now also is actually how to use the body to trigger emotional states because in a lot of mindset work we tend to think about well let's solve mindset work within the mind you know let's mm. meditation uh, let's uh, but it suddenly turns out and this you know lisa feldman barrett carries this in the book because there is this connection uh between the mind and the body that you could actually use the body to trigger mental states so how yes, you use yes. movement how you use different things uh, in accompaniment with breath work to shift mindset so you don't have to shift mindset but by thinking your way through it but by actually doing things that can get you into these states yeah absolutely I, I totally agree and I've be, I've been started to focus on that a little bit more like also nutrition like the mind body connection is really important like what i eat how i feel and vice versa so that triggers a cycle and then you know so it's it's all connected and uh, i really like this um, concept and as we are getting to the end of this episode i was wondering if you have any other book recommendations in mind so there was this How Emotions Are Made, right? Yeah, How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Feldman Barrett. Uh, um, there is, I, I'll send you the link. It's not a book, but it's this, uh, it's this video that I think everybody should watch. Uh, and again, I'm not a religious person at all. Uh, I'm Jewish, but I don't practice uh, Judaism. This is a rabbi that it, it does this chat, a five-minute video on how to really reframe the entire situation. I think that's worth putting putting as uh, putting as a link. Um, Absolutely, the one that I shared. Sorry, the the one that I shared on the one that you shared. That's right, you you did share it. I mean, I think it's 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 simple, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, I would say that that rather than recommending a lot of different things, I would say if you're interested in the science, uh, read this this Lisa Feldman Barrett book. Uh, yeah because it's 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 profound when you realize that there's a lot of the latest neurological thinking underpins and 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 can give us tremendous agency and power to control and shape our lives uh in in very very dramatic ways 
Um, and yeah, absolutely. And the second thing that I would recommend is start a breathwork practice, uh, deep breathwork practice. Uh, and there's a lot of different techniques out there. There's the Wim Hof method. Uh, there's Niraj Naik Soma breathing. Um, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's there's a heart coherence breathing that is you know five seconds in five seconds out, but if you mm -hmm. build into your habit uh, five to ten minutes two or three times a day when you wake up in the afternoon some type of breathwork practice it is going to have a very profound uh, very profound impact uh, in your mental state. And again, I do think that uh, even though it's not proven scientifically, that some of this breath work can actually be very good. It boosts your immune system in defense of coronavirus. Uh, and I even, you know, read an article recently, and this came from a clinical study that was done on nitric oxide and nitric oxide as a gas, reducing the replication of, of, a, of a SARS coronavirus. Now, nitric oxide is produced when you breathe through your nose. Mm. So mm. nasal wow. breathing uh, is different than breathing through your mouth. And nasal breathing produces nitric oxide, which in a, you know, this was back in 2004, 2005, was demonstrated as something that, that reduces the replication of, 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 a, of a type of coronavirus. Again, not saying that you breathe through your nose, you're not going to get infected with COVID-19, but mm. it doesn't cost you anything and it might help. And it actually has a lot of other health benefits. But again, coming back to the recommendations, I would, I would say mm, the, the, the book and, and put breath work on your agenda. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. It's, it's so valuable and helpful. And um, yeah, so I want to make sure that people can connect with you. So where can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out if they you know, want? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just putting, uh, I just put up a, what I call version 0.1 <laughs> of my website, which is uh, stephenjposner.com. Um, but I think the best way to, to contact me would be through, through, through Facebook. Uh, you know, Stephen J. Posner uh, in S.J. Posner on Facebook. And, you know, just send me a message and, and say you're a listener of the podcast. And that's probably the best uh, the best way to connect. I'm, I'm trying to move away from email as much as possible. So I'd rather not give out uh, an email because I'm trying to just not spend time in my inbox as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. So the links are going to be in the show notes. Also, also your social links. Uh, but they are also available on your website, so Facebook, LinkedIn, and all those things. So that's great. My last question is always for the guests is, uh, what is your future vision, mission? How do you see yourself in the future? So how do I see myself in the future? Uh, it's basically what I'm, what I'm focusing on building now, which is uh, enabling leaders of businesses and organizations to tap into a lot of these resources uh, and innate abilities that we have applied in a business context. So how to bring all of this into much higher performance uh, in the world of business, and I would say performance and fulfillment, because I think there's so many of these tools and techniques that have been put into the bucket of personal development and spirituality that actually can be adapted and translated incredibly well in the world of business. Uh, you know, I did I did a, a workshop at the end of January with uh, the YPO chapter in Madrid, the Young Presidents Organization, uh, bringing in some of these techniques, and for them, it was absolutely mind blowing um, and very 
for what you could do in one workshop. So my, my passion and my mission is to really help leaders tap uh, into these innate skill sets that we have that can allow us to accomplish way more than we think is possible. Wow, that's incredible. I really love it. Um, performance and fulfillment. Um, that's what I think as well. Like uh, we have all this information to perform better, but we also want to have this fulfillment. That's that's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, Stephen. And thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me again. And again, it's always, always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.